0: Tell me if you remember. Tell remember. No telling if you remember. Yeah. I'll never
1: forget.
0: I'll never forget. Yeah. Welcome to the hashtag Haldasin Podcast. The show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. My guest today is Leanne Lee. Um, I met Miss Leanne when I spoke at um, JS. No, it was not. It was JS. No, Rule JS. People put them. Yes, I was about to say the JS doesn't come before that, but Rule JS in 2017. And so Leanne, introduce yourself to the audience.
1: Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, as Kim said, my name is Lian Lee. I'm a senior software engineer and a consultant uh, in a company named Container Solutions, and I'm based in
0: Amsterdam. All right. Start with two questions, as always. Why is it important to cause a scene, and how are you causing a scene? Oh, God. Those are the biggest questions
1: right at the beginning. Um, so, I think um, what for, for me personally, um, I have had a lot of hurt caused um, by the structures and systems that we uh, live in or that I lived in, grew up in. And um, I, for the most part of my life, took part in uh, perpetuating the the systems and the hurt. And um, when I finally realized what was happening and what I was doing to myself and to others, I felt... I felt the need to change and to help others to change. Um, so, yeah, I think that by causing a scene, um, we best um, start that change um, uh, in us and in others.
0: And then how are you causing a scene?
1: Uh, I would say I'm causing a scene by just being there most of the time. Um, I um, So what I like to do, what I love to do is building community Um, especially community for the marginalized and the underrepresented to um, feel safe and to grow. And also, um, I just try to be visible in the space that I'm given and the privilege that I'm given um, as an engineer and a consultant, um, so others can follow and uh, walk in the path, the same path.
0: So explain to me before we get started, what are hurt costs? Uh, the hurt cost so um
1: I grew up in a um pretty conservative, strict household, so my parents uh, immigrated, uh, immigrated from china and um a lot of um, of the of the things that I thought about myself and about what the what the world is like and how it worked um caused me to feel very disappointed and even hateful at times about myself and about the hand that I was dealt. So um, I uh, yeah, I also kind of hurt myself in a, a literal and an emotional sense um, because I was so unhappy about my situation. So I would say that, yeah, the, the, these uh, structures and these things that I was taught and the things that I, I saw and learned and picked up, um, yeah, have caused me a lot of hurt, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And thank you for bringing that up because it's oftentimes as a, a black woman and people who are doing this work, people always think, oh, it's just them. Yeah. They're just talking about their pain and struggle. And, and, and I, there's always a second. For someone to be oppressed, there has to be an oppressor. Yeah. And unless you completely disconnected yourself from um any uh, um I don't even know what to call it <laughs> um um humanity yeah um the the average individual has no desire to be actively and intentionally and and knowingly um
1: hurtful.
0: Or, maintaining. Yeah. yeah. Maintaining structures of, a, uh, not only maintaining, but particip- actively participating yeah. in structures yeah. of oppression. And so it becomes this for you to, even even like you say, you didn't even recognize it, but even being a part of it, there was something that was dying and hurting inside of you. And you didn't even have the understanding of the words to articulate what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because of a system, system that you were um, indoctrinated in um, so although the, the prejudices and things that you had may have been targeted to other people or beliefs about other people, you still were being caused harm.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, no one wants to think about themselves as the oppressor or the one who, who causes harm. But uh, just because you, you get harmed yourself doesn't mean that you cannot, cannot also harm others. And that's a very, very important lesson that I, that I didn't even learn until a, a couple of years ago, really.
0: Do you um I want to cre- create a safe space, but I really like to dive, dive into if if it's as, as comfortable as you can get. Sure. And you don't have to give as you know, give as many details as you feel comfortable, but I'd like to really understand what happened a few years ago that made you come to that understanding.
1: Um I mean, so um coming into software engineering. I was probably twenty one, something around that. Um, and I always I grew up around guys mostly. so my my interests were kind of um, yeah, computers and uh, technological stuff. So most of the people I hung out with were men, and that um, I also had to kind of um, prove myself, or so I thought to to uh, the men around me. You know, show them that I'm, you know, one of the guys, and I can like take uh, take a hit or like roll with the punches. Um, so I, when I when I came into software engineering, I felt like I had to kind of maybe overcompensate for being a woman and um, had to kind of participate in the sexism that was going on and show that I'm 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 not hurt by that, so I can be accepted and can be part of the guys' club um a couple of years ago i don't know i was just very unhappy and you know the 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 hurt that i kind of even put on myself um was just some kind of inner disconnect between um who i wanted to be or who i thought i wanted to be um and the person that i kind of knew i was or feared i was and it just made me really unhappy and um, yeah, I just kind of, I don't know, almost broke down. So I was really kind of unable to um, interact with anything or anyone for a couple of days, um, and then I, I, I have have been in therapy since. So that was um, uh, also almost like six, seven years ago, probably. Um, And that's when I started learning about, you know, the the, the sexism in myself, like the oppressive structures that I've internalized and was oppressing myself. Um, So, yeah, that's the the kind of overview of what happened.
0: Thank you for sharing that, because um, the reason I wanted to go there is... um, there's so many people in pain and, and we're just going to stick with when we know there are people in pain globally, but we're going to stay within the tech space. There's so many people yeah. in pain in this space. Um, um, even the prototypical white cis man that everybody seems to have has as a target. He th- he thinks he has a target on his back. Um, and so everybody is, 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 is feeling that, that not only they're being attacked, Yeah but people don't think they're worthy or they have no value and, 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 um, and people aren't paying people aren't processing this well. Uh, we see this in, I mean, there's so much, um, uh, depression and, 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 um, you know, just, just, it, it, there's a lot of stuff that's in, in the micro macro, microcosm of, time. yeah, it's, it's so representative of a larger, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the, but because it's so insular and we are so connected, you see, you see people's pain. And and the fact that you can recognize that you've internalized um, the internalization of those feelings, we're actually causing you harm. Because and I want to, I'm glad you thank you for first of all feeling safe enough to say that, because so many Women, period, in this space, are doing this to themselves, yeah. and then there are so many men who are doing it as well. Let's—I want to talk about that because there's such that toxic masculinity right. that so many men don't aren't aren't naturally that way, um, and yet they t- they take on these personas, yeah, um, just to function within, um, you know, what they think is 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 you know how we need to function to to be successful, right. and the The rub is, um, the culture is changing. And so, if you've cultivated that that abrasive um, uh, dismissive dis, um, um, harmful attacking persona, and now people are saying, You know what? Yeah, that's not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> um. First of all, you don't even understand, most times you don't even recognize it in yourself because that's just the default, but how do you fuck do you change it? It's like, (laughs) you're asking me to fundamentally, I'm sure some people are thinking, may think that it's, it's the same akin to somebody asking me not to be black. You know, it's like, how the fuck do I change that? You're saying that who I am is not correct or it's causing harm to somebody else. Right. How do I change that? Right.
1: That's a big question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just had to pause on that. Yeah. I was like, shit. That's a that's a that's
1: a lot. I mean, first of all, you have to be willing to, to kind of lose your entire identity. I guess. I mean, that's what happened to me. It was like the the first couple of months in therapy was like, who who am I even? I was I was very um, driven. I mean, I, I would still say I'm driven, but like really, um, like I I was like too uh, competitive. I would say to to a point that it was just unrealistic um and yeah uh i yeah i really struggled with finding an identity for myself that wasn't something that i put on myself or that you know my my parents or whatever
0: yourself asked I was I, I was gonna i was waiting for a pause because first of all where did you grow up you 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 immigrated from china where did you grow up
1: uh in in germany i grew up in germany i i'm german i, I people ask me i tell them i'm german okay
0: yeah. so how how does the uh the 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 hm hmm because i yeah because i want yeah. Cause I to i want to be I want to be kind about this and be respectful and, and, and what I'm thinking, right. But I know that in Asian cultures, particularly first generation immigrants, yeah. um, there's so much pressure on you to, um, uh, and that's just not first that's just first in, in first generation immigrants in any culture, basically right. there's this pressure for you to to exceed, you know, your parents have sacrificed all these things exactly, yeah. Life, yeah, <laughs> and and there's a price to pay for that, you know, there's there's a there's a debt to pay,
1: um, yeah. You don't owe your life like that's owed to your uh, forefathers,
0: yeah, because they've done so much to get you in this position, and yeah. So, you so you have this, but you don't have sexism growing up, so how did how 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 has being a Chinese? Immigrant in? Were you born in Germany?
1: Uh, no, I was born in China. I moved to Germany when I was
0: three and a half. Okay. So, how does that? Uh, are there a lot of Chinese people in Germany?
1: There, mm, I wouldn't say really. Um, there are those pockets, usually around university. There are a lot of uh, Chinese ah. exchange students and who uh, are uh, doing their doctorates, and, um, and especially my father. Uh he or my parents both used to work at the university, or they still work at the university my um they're both academics, my father's a professor. Um, and they reached out to the Chinese students and had like gatherings at their home, especially at the at the holidays and um, yeah, so there were there were Chinese people around, but not in in my circles, not in the real world, outside of university.
0: So you were a Chinese girl growing up in a German culture, and you were an only, basically, in 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 the circles you ran with, like your, your peers. Yeah, I so
1: I mean I always felt German. I never saw myself as a Chinese. I'm actually seeing myself more. I'm seeing more Chinese now, or I'm more probably even more willing to see uh, Chinese in um I don't know my identity, my heritage. Uh, Than I was when I was younger, uh, I think I just didn't really, because I didn't see any Chinese people around. It was just mainly Germans, uh, some Turkish people, some all kinds of immigrants. Uh, a lot of uh, immigrants from Eastern Europe and the Balkan states. Uh, but not really like Chinese people, usually at universities you'd see them um, yeah i moved to netherlands and i was really surprised how many asians i would see here because they're just not especially asian women it's just not something that i see a lot in uh, on the streets in germany
0: yeah i'm just like i was like i'm trying to figure out what to ask because it's it's so it's because it's okay so (laughs) when i think about moving when people like oh because i love san diego and that was the only place i thought i've lived in chicago i've lived in uh um, Texas, I've lived in places, but I can tell you uh, knowing what I know now, <laughs> um, um, so I've always identified as black. I didn't have a choice, particularly being in the United States when everything is race-based. Um, you, and I grew up in the South, so that was uh, very evident to me, but I can tell you I'm, I'm having yeah. a, the, what I'm challenged with is, it's asking, I want to be sensitive in asking these questions because, um, I understand about emotional labor and, and, and I want to make, I want to provide new information to the audience, but not in a voyeuristic way, which is kind of disgusting to me because I cannot, I tell you right now, the reason I I, I don't see myself moving anywhere else long, I can go somewhere for a month or two or something like that. But the fact that I can go out of my house and go to the gas station and see black people is just, Mm -hmm. I, I, I will never give that up. I just—it's not like an anomaly. It's like yeah. black people are there. I go to the grocery store. Black people are there. Um, I go. Um, I go shopping at the at the the ritziest malls in in Atlanta. Black people are there. Um, right. You know, people. Black people are driving the most expensive cars as well as yeah. you know some hand me down. Black people. I mean, we're just so at every level of society here. Um, yeah. That I.
1: I mean, you probably don't feel foreign because I, no matter, even in Germany, I feel foreign, even though I am German and I feel German in any way that matters to
0: me. See, That's what I was about to say, because I grew up as an only. So I, although I was always around black people, my mom made sure that I had exposure to things that my peers weren't having. So I was always around white people for activity. And I felt so isolated, but I didn't have the language at that age. Um I just know it was it was very traumatic for me. Um it, it the these these experiences I was have because it was never any over no one was calling me a nigger or anything like that but it was very these microaggressions even as children that these young white children were 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 um exposing me to that um it it was there was a lot of trauma there's there's a lot of trauma I've had to unpack with being an only um I mean, my godparents were white, and they lived in a. When I grew up in in Atlanta, before I moved to Chicago, I moved back. Um, so I20 is like a a north no east west expressway that cuts in the middle of the city. And um, back in the day, they actually had a thought to put a. They wanted to put a wall up, literally. That was that was one of the plans, and that didn't happen. But black people lived below 20, and white people lived above 20. And so um, the fact that I had white godparents was unique. Um, And so I would go to their, um, go visit with them because they had three kids and I go visit with them. And literally, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. We would go into the grocery store and people would stop and just like stare the whole time I was in the grocery store. And it was like, you're always on display. I was always on display. And so I just wonder what that's like to be in a country where... I mean did your parents speak German?
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean we're all Germans now, so I have a brother now. do tell me when you got there, when you got there did they speak German? Oh yeah, they did. Um they okay, they okay. had to take German classes in China, I believe, to to even uh, get to immigrate to to Germany.
0: Ah, uh, okay. This
1: okay. was uh 88, 89, so it was still like end of the um the UDSR.
0: And so I'm just trying to Again, everybody knows. I never know where these conversations are going to go, <laughs> and and I didn't. I, no, I, I understand. I, I mean, I do feel kind of yeah. It's I
1: do feel kind of uh, unique, and uh, as I said, for I mean, the funny thing though is that I don't. I forget that I'm Asian or that I look Asian because I don't. I don't see myself. I don't. I don't see it reflected to me. See,
0: that's what's funny. I mean, that's I mean, and it's not funny, but it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that seems to me to me. I'm gonna be honest. That seems like a, a, a huge mind fuck for me, because you you look Asian, um and yeah. to and to now say in adult life now you're identifying more with your Asian roots or heritage. Right. I, I'm gonna be honest, and I, I hope you don't take offense to this, but it shows me it demonstrates to me the power of white supremacy. <laughs> um, just how your and you can disagree. Um, it's just it's just like, wow. Wow. How do you... Again, because I was in the South. So I was... Black is who I am. That's what I know. Black music, Black people, Black churches, Black everything. Everything is about me around uh, Right I'm Black. I mean,
1: yeah, you, I, I would agree. I mean, you're totally right because white is the default. So if you don't... You, I don't associate myself with any of the other migrant groups that I saw around. So they were like, russians and uh turkish people and uh from yeah as i said uh from the balkan states um so i never saw myself to, as part of any of them so i saw myself as white most of my life it was only a couple of years ago that i realized that i'm not white that I'm actually that i am actually a person of color i didn't even think about it that way because i was always privileged um, having two academics as parents. And yeah. uh, usually I, I, everyone in my school was white or, yeah, Turkish probably. So, yeah, it was just in a, in a, in a more global context. And especially, you know, when I went to Vancouver last year. Um, so Vancouver has a very high um, Asian population or Chinese yes. population specifically. Yeah. And I was walking around and like every second or third person I saw was, Chinese or Asian and I was like I was literally thinking oh is that how white people feel all the time that they just go outside and see people who look like them Like there was such an and also I don't identify with people from China because we don't share the same experience as you know uh, European uh, Asians or American Asians so in Vancouver was like oh these people actually I, I have Probably most in common with this group of Asian people than any other Asian people I've met so far, and yeah, as I said, that that was weird. Like I felt even more on display because people looked like, and this sounds horrible, but they looked like my relatives. (laughs) They looked like people I know or am related to. So could 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 recognize to your faces? Yeah, exactly. So that was like that was a trippy experience, and I've never yeah (laughs) felt that way before
0: yeah I, again, i I hope this is not coming off condescending reason. i'm I'm really happy we're having this conversation because tech is so again insular, and so there's so many people who are 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 taking the default to identify as as white or um behave in 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 manners that um would be you know more acceptable to the the privileged group. and and it goes back to the conversation we were having before because I'm, I, I could, I, I could imagine that to finally, as an adult, see the identity that you just okay, I'll just say was your default mm-hmm. that you never questioned, is not really that thing, and so yeah. now you have to yeah, figure spend time like and totally um break down like you said your identity and and start from scratch yeah yeah definitely and the reason and the reason i want to i'm having this conversation it it may seem like i'm again people you already should know i have a strategy the reason i'm having this conversation is because i see this trauma in so many white people particularly white men in tech who are having these who are being forced to face certain things again there there's a Mm -hmm. They are, I, 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 they are being called out, (laughs) um, they're being, um, shamed and shunned. They feel guilty. They, they are traumatized by the hurt, hurt that they cause to others, um, that they're causing to themselves. They're, they're working on teams that they, um, that the culture is such that they isolate and, 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 and target and harm other people. And they're recognizing that although that may have seemed the default in the past, that is really not the default and that they're committed. It's the thing of now when you read before. So before I really start understanding white supremacy and realizing how much gaslighting I had most of my life, mm-hmm. it's like you don't realize you have a choice it's just like, okay, this is just the way it is. And I have to deal with this. I got to figure out a way personally. So you take on that personal responsibility. Yeah. And this is where people get into these conversations that I don't even have about racism because they want to use the dictionary definition, which is about individual choice Mm -hmm. and not about systematic um, um, oppression, which is about, no, I'm not, it's not my responsibility to change. this. the system needs to change because it, When you think of it as an individual, you're turning yourself inside out, doing anything you can, you can think of, and there's no way you can be successful. That is such, that is such, Lisa, so much trauma because nowhere, no decision you make on an individual level is going to change your experience. It may, you may have a temporary reprieve, but the system is going to do what the system is designed to do. And until I started, I really grasped, Oh, there's a system at play here, and not only that, there's a system at play. And I'm speaking specifically to the to the U.S., but it's it's you know it manifests itself globally in different ways. Um, the system in U.S. has been designed specifically to justify slavery and annihilation of native populations. Mm. So it's like, oh, for economic reasons, not for racism, <laughs> for economic reasons. Yeah. And then we justified it to make it the race the race issues um that is that that was so much that was like empowering and liberating on one hand but there was a lot that I had to unpack because there's so much that I internalized when you talked about internalization Mm. um there's so much anti-blackness that I have and I'm constantly having to check myself when I see some black person who um white supremacy has told me that they're not worthy or they're beneath me and I have to sit back yeah. and make a conscious effort and say nope that's not the case I need to there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with them there's nothing wrong with their name there's nothing wrong with the way they dress there's nothing wrong with this this is something I have to internalize because it's so quick so easy to go back to that knee jerk reaction like they should be acting this way and and they're a reflection on my race and no they're fucking not a reflection on my race this shit was designed this way oh definitely
1: um, yeah I, I totally can relate I, I was the biggest women hater for for a long time. So I I definitely understand that.
0: Everyone in the hashtag Call to Scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, Four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag cause a scene a dot com
1: So I, I definitely understand
0: How, uh, oh, oh, <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> How does how oh what is what is being um, a woman? Um, misogyny mean? mostly.
1: I mean yeah that that's that's the impression I, I had growing up of women was that they're weak. I mean I, I think most people can relate on some level that um it gets instilled into you either kind of subtly, indirectly, or very directly, depending on how you grew up
0: is that something that was a part of the chinese culture or is just something that cuz i'm trying to figure out where i mean yeah i guess to
1: to some extent um it it was yeah the, the culture of course is very centered around obedience and uh, usually the the woman is obedient to the to the man and the children to the to the parents or the father so we had a very strong father figure in the household and um i I always, yeah, associated women womanhood with weakness and or weakness in the power structure. and also in um in in the life that I saw and the people around me, I felt like women were more often homemakers and didn't have a career or when they did, they earned less than their their so they were financially dependent on their husbands. Um, and it was, yeah. It, single moms were usually struggling so it always felt to me like the woman is kind of always dependent on on a man for a good life so uh yeah i was i just so
0: was this your so was this your way of rebelling saying this is not how i want to live my life yeah i guess
1: i just wanted to kind of prove to myself and others that i can be the the so this is the thing that like i it wasn't about proving that i can do it after all it was proving that I'm not one of the women or not really a woman. So that's the fucked up thing. Because if I'd been like, yeah, I'm owning that I'm a woman, but I still do all these things because I can. That's cool. But I was and in, I internalized it to the extent that I said that i'm I'm just not a woman. Not that I didn't identify as a woman, it was just more about, I'm just not a woman as a gender, if that makes sense, or the woman i'm not I'm not taking on the role of a woman that society kind of expects me or has in store for me.
0: Mm.
1: Mm. And you know, like as, as as I think as Asian, especially in Europe, we're kind of not I wouldn't say white passing, but maybe white adjacent. Mm-hmm. so I mean, you you see that we're we don't look Caucasian, but still we, we're we're like we're the good immigrants, Yes, kind of.
0: exactly. It's the anti-blackness and colorism thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So
1: you will then kind of prove to the, the the white male uh population that you're that you're kind of better than the others. you, you know you're yep. you're po- basically policing whiteness, um kind of, yeah, trying to be to show that you're kind of I'm not one of those girls that that's in a nutshell,
0: um. The, yeah, the attitude that I took on. And so, how did that manifest? How does that manifest if you're, because we're not saying, because I, I don't, I want to be, I want to tease this out a bit. So, are you saying, and if you're comfortable, is this about sexuality or actual gender dysphor- dysmorphia, or is this just. No, no, no. Because yes, that's just- why I want to have this conversation. I'm glad we're bringing this up because I want. I don't want people to take away anything different and disappear yeah. other people. so yeah, t- I, I'm sorry if if I was no, no, uh, if no, no, I was no. a bit vague on that. no, let's talk about specifics, uh-huh
1: yeah. so it was it was just the the what I saw in uh in in society around me or in media that I consumed that the roles that women were given that I just didn't want that for me. and I felt like the only way is to like act like put on a mustache and a mustard. <clears throat> Uh, a van dyke a mustache <laughs> thank you um okay and and pretend to be a man kind of you know like just put on put on the the mm-hmm. ultra misogynist guy costume and then you know try mm. to get away with it
0: but never i just want to be clear but never having the thought that you were transgender
1: no, no. Or, I never thought that I was transgender. Or that you were,
0: uh, you know, you were in the wrong body or and This is just, this was a no effort that you were, um, that you were suppressing anything feminine in yourself because you did not, um,
1: what's the word I want to, you didn't. I didn't want to be exposed as a woman kind of, or, or expose myself as a woman. Yeah. If that makes any you sense. No, it does, but it's totally. Yeah. So no it was nothing about uh physically being a woman.
0: Yeah. 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 So how did that so how who, did that start early or did that start when you were in when you start thinking about professions and No I th- and I think
1: it was pretty early already. So I think it was I mean I I was always jealous of boys like I, as far as
0: I can remember
1: ah, I was always
0: Oh my God. I, so, okay, so now, because I'm glad we're getting it, because I was what they would consider a tomboy. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely. It, yes, yes. And so, all the girly shit they said I was supposed to do, I was like, I don't want to do that. That is not fun. <laughs> I want to climb the tree. I remember yeah. I had a picture of me in, in 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 a tree with these ballet slippers that my mom bought me to take ballet classes. I was like no they're better they're much but the bottom is much better than I I three, also
1: <laughs> I also took ballet classes. Oh,
0: oh. exactly.
1: <laughs> I didn't I didn't like them too much. Man. I mean the funny thing is like now I I like girly stuff and now I finally allow myself to also like it. I I feel like it was partly I was suppressing
0: that side like secretly loving things. Well, for, for uh, me, it was yeah. it was if it not if it had not been for people saying this is what girls do and da, 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 I would have yeah I would have had a mix of things you know why are these things gendered yeah definitely I don't why why is climbing a tree a gender you know it's like it's it's a tree I I want to have <laughs> um if I want to play with dolls why is that gendered why if I want to run out so I, I distinctly remember my cousin he's two years younger than me. And we were over my grandmother's house and he got to stay out later because he was a boy. And I was like, what the fuck does that? (laughs) (laughs) And I had to come in the house because girls aren't. us. And I get it. I now get it because of the culture of um, uh, I know what the rates are of being molested and sexual abuse. And I, to my own recollection, recollection was was never um, um, exposed to that, thankfully that I can remember I can say that much um so I get why she they were doing it to protect me but I didn't see it as that I saw it as fuck boys get to do shit and girls don't get to do that
1: almost as punishment
0: yes because it again like punishment. no not almost it felt like punishment to me it felt like what yeah. the fuck? what would the because no one articulated any of that to me you know like the, I don't even think my grandmother or my would have been able to articulate it um, they just knew because particularly being, you know, in the communities that we were, we were in, that little black girls had to be protected, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, oh my God, I so get that. Oh, <laughs> 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 I wanted shorts on, I wanted jeans on, I was, and, and so, I mean, I could tell you literally, it wasn't until, uh, until then one of my jobs were, was, I'm um, working with kids in after-school time and at summer camp. Oh, that was the fucking best because I got to wear sweats every day. I got to yeah. wear t-shirts and gym shoes. I got to put my hair in a ponytail, and I got to play all day. You know, just hang out with the kids all day. And I can tell you, it wasn't until my late thirties that I started embracing th- this 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 feminine I could say feminine side of me. Yeah, then I can say I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I know I had re- I repressed it. I it was it was like a whole exploration thing for me. It was like a spiritual awakening trying to find the balance between I would tell people I, I was living with way too much testosterone. I was just I was very so I'm glad we're having this conversation because th- you're really speaking to that because I was very Um, I wasn't I didn't put down women. I So I wasn't m- a misogynist. But I was one of the boys, and let one of them boys go after me. I, I would not shut the fuck up until somebody was crying. That was my goal. <laughs> in pain, and so that's how I got really good at words because um, I wasn't gonna fight anybody. I was a chicken shit, so I wasn't gonna fight anybody. But I was gonna say what I needed to say to hurt you, so you wouldn't le- <laughs> so you would leave me alone oh my god but that was just because um again i was not being myself i mean i i wasn't Mm -hmm. allowed to um i was there was a conversation on twitter recently and it was like we're not allowed to we were talking it was about sexual it was like it was about sex and it was about partners and this this thing that uh, monogamy is the default moral pure thing to Mm do seeing so much toxicity around monogamy and marriage and but yet we keep selling it to women as this is the ideal and young women are never given the opportunity to explore what being in relationship with heterosexual partners or homosexual whatever that is what those dynamics look like for us um and what's helpful for us and so it was the same thing with 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 me and so i'm really getting what you're saying about that gender thing and so i was in um, when I was on the job, I was always hanging with the, my male colleagues. Um, yeah. I was always, you know, I was sexually harassed the fuck out of them. Just,
1: <laughs> just to make a point.
0: Yeah. Just like, fuck, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I would, I would, oh my God, I remember flirting so hard with guys and they were like, dude, this is a joke. Would you take any shit uh, You're gone somewhere.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I never flirted. I was always like, I was just like putting people down around me just for fun sometimes. It was just like with a witty comeback, but just like be hateful hateful, indiscriminately. But you know, like I was always, Mm -hmm. you know, dressing very kind of boyish, except for uh, like Christmas parties or like party get togethers. And then we're like throwing a dress and then it would be like, Oh, you have nice legs, or whatever. And like one time, a a colleague even like we were discussing something. I was wearing a dress, and he said to me, uh, I, "I can't even like take you seriously like that, or like I, I can't take I can take like advice from you right now because like of the way you look." And I was like, "Dude, seriously? You know me? You know who I am? Like I just mm-hmm. changed clothes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that just in, reinforced yes. my view and like." like yeah, yeah confirmed what i already thought even though it was just one idiot
0: but there's the culture though because he, he was just the idiot that said something but i'm sure others or had, had either consciously or subconsciously had thought the same
1: yeah some people just don't say that but yeah it was definitely like oh i didn't know you were a woman more or less yeah. that was like the message
0: yeah it's like all of a sudden you have all of a sudden you have tits oh my god
1: <laughs> yeah but i guess that's what i wanted like that's, that's what I tried to do. I tried to pass as one of the guys and I yeah. and I, su- I succeeded. It was like a real Cinderella moment kind of, but I didn't actually, I'm, that was really uncomfortable. And that like, that's that disconnect that happened between like, kind of my mind disassociated from my body.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I, and, I, and, and I'm glad we, we teased your conversation, your, your, what you were saying out, because now I'm sure there are there are many women who listen to this show who can identify with this at some level. Because we've had to suppress our femininity or what people consider label as femininity, not only to get ahead but also to keep ourselves safe. Yeah, I hear. I hear so. I've heard so many stories of women who are overweight who became overweight because they didn't want to be seen as sexual objects in the oh, work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't become overweight because of that. I just ate
1: too much. But <laughs> I actually, I'm currently uh, losing weight or trying to lose weight. And um, I'm on several subreddits where people discuss losing weight. And a lot of women actually post about, um, yeah, their fear of being, or that they are already being um, seen again and like had, had lewd comments or remarks made about them or in front to them directly and that, that they feel unsafe. So, I mean, how fucked up is that, that we can't even like look how we the, the way we wanna look because we're how too afraid of, of, of men making nature. us.
0: Yes. And so this is oh this is a great conversation they are oh I love how you know like you you people you know how I love these conversations because I never know where they're going and this is so profound because it affects so many people so it's like you we're changing literally changing our bodies so that we can feel safe in male dominated spaces if that's not fucked up to y'all I don't know what the hell to, I I'm just like. I'm going to take out the racism part. I'm just going to, we're going to leave racism sitting on this (laughs) conversation about gender and women. And, 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 and the fact that if I, uh, if there's a collection of women who are, uh, who are losing weight probably for their health reasons, but are, are fearful of losing weight for their health reasons, because it will, it will incur other health reasons. Um, particularly being targeted for sexual harm. I know. At the in the workplace. yeah. Yeah, not even walking down the street. You're talking about just with people who know you at work and at conferences, and and this is why it just gets on my nerves and people don't want to have a basic, I mean, like the basic code of conduct when people scream and holler about a basic, oh, why do we need this? Because motherfuckers are crazy.
1: Yeah, um, they or they don't understand. No, no one had a conversation with them. I mean that that also happens that people just don't really think about it, and it's uh, it's just the way that you know everyone does it, and you don't question it. But then, what's the harm in a coc? So I, I yeah, I, I had that conversation a lot of times, and I, I mean I also go to a lot of con- conferences, and um, people don't really think of themselves as they, they don't want to label themselves. They want to label themselves, especially as like a racist or, or any kind of bigot. So, um, there, there, you can be a good person and not be a racist, but still do racist things or say racist things that that can happen. I don't care how you label yourself, but, um, the things that you do and say, Uh, affect people and it's not on you to decide whether they do or how they affect other people. So um, I don't know. Usually having a code code of conduct just makes it easier to then act on things that are quite obvious. It's just like, it's like the terms of, of agreement. It's just like, it's just a formality most of the time. But it's just like a very loud minority that makes us think about these things. Like, oh, I can't even make jokes anymore, or I can't be myself anymore. Like, yeah, if, if that's how you are, yeah. if that's okay. yourself, yeah, you should not be yourself. Like, you can be that way in the I don't care if I'm not around, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, that's what a code of conduct means. Like, you have to be, behave in a professional way. But,
0: like, but, 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 what's, but what's so interesting then is the fact that they, what they don't recognize is how. People like us, like we just have, just having this conversation, have turned ourselves inside out just so that we can feel comfortable in the default. So uh, when they say they don't, now I can't be myself. We've never been allowed to be ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also something that they don't understand that like this is how we
1: women in tech or people of color in tech or, or whatever under, underrepresented marginalized group in in tech have been dealing with for decades. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is, is what they have been dealing with, maybe. For, for two years, for two seconds. Yeah. And they're yeah. a little uncomfortable and they want to and, scream and holler. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and you talked about, like, white men having a target on their back. So I, I think he won't mind if I talk about it. So oh, I, I'm married. Please, let's to, go. <laughs> to, I, I'm married to a, a straight, white, cis uh, man, and he's he's very privileged, in that he's he he's blonde, he's blue eyes, he's tall, I mean he's very attractive, and he's um he's he's an engineer as well, so he has been blessed with almost all the privileges that you can think of and wish for and um he doesn't he didn't get it a couple of years ago. I didn't get it a couple of years ago um and there was this woman in his company uh, she asked for a race from their CTO. And so this is what he heard from from another colleague. Um, so she, she asked the CTO for a raise and he said she she should use her female assets or, you know, advantages, woes, wom- womenly woes, whatever that means. So he d- didn't specify, but he used kind of that language. And um, like he told me about this and I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's like really bad. And he's, yeah, yeah, it's uh, totally outrageous. I was like, yeah, so what are you going to do about it? And she said, yeah, well, I'm going to talk to this other colleague and tell him to tell her that I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, so thoughts and prayers then. And he just looked at me like, how am I the bad guy in here? Like, what what, what do you want from me? I didn't do anything wrong. And I had to like sit him down and be like, listen, like you have this, all the privileges that she doesn't have. Like he, he knows that he understands that there are structural, um, inequalities, but like, you're not even talking to her directly. You don't even making the effort to talk to her and ask her how you can help her. Um, and like this for you is just entertainment. Like it's so far away from you, even though, you know, this person, you, you work with her, you used to work with her and you don't even see it as something that you can get actively involved in. So, and that's something that I think, so he understood and then he reached out and he helped her and it was like, everything was fine. Um, but, I think that's that's a, that's a, a lot of white men in tech don't understand the that their privilege is not the default that that's not that's not the the luck we all have the connections we all have or how easily we can reach out to people and people just trust us we can just email some guy be like I'm the CEO of this company and you can like be on board and work for free for my yeah. startup blah 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 and like they will like be like yeah fine because white women uh, white men are just trusted
0: mm-hmm. and um, given not only trusted but when they fuck up they're given the benefit of the doubt i don't know how yeah. many times yes yeah and men you, don't, under, yeah. Yeah, don't understand like, yeah exactly. we don't have that and, and that's where the pushback comes because they're like they want to, to to lay over their lived experience over our lives and we're like dude we're not having the same lived experience at all yeah and that's why i do this this that's why hashtag cause the scene exists that's why i do this um, that's why white people are my target audience is because I recognize that most people, even if they're assholes, they're not intending to be assholes. A lot of the assholery, if that's a word, coming is coming from being defensive and deflecting and and, and being challenged where they've never been challenged before. So I get it. um I just ain't accepting it anymore. It's, it's any good yeah. classroom management, you know, it's like stop doing that shit. This is why you're gonna stop doing that shit, and this is what you're gonna do instead. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. And so the fact that you just, you know, you, you, you called him out and then gave him a strategy for how to move forward. Because, again, when you've never been challenged, when you've never been evaluated, when you've always been at a default, you don't have these skills. I get it. I totally get it. But in this day and age, I'm going to put a period on that. Totally get it, period. Yet in this day and age, it's no longer acceptable to be ignorant Yeah. because you're causing harm to people. And lack of inclusion is a risk management issue, and Amen. that's just the bottom line.
1: Yeah, I mean, so in case he's listening, or he will be listening, <laughs> definitely, uh, he gets it now. And it's all about yeah, you need to be. So that's what I said before: is that you need to be willing to examine yourself and to be to to face some harsh truth, uh,
0: harsh truths about yourself. And what's so funny to me is they they have this exaggerated idea of what if they do this, what the penalty for them will be. It is so funny to me. It is every white person, every white man who I've ever had this conversation with, they say, Cam, I did this thing and I just knew I would be fired and no one even paid a fucking attention to me. And, they, and then they keep, and so once they get the habit of it they keep doing it and pushing and pushing. And I'm like, thank you. That's how you do this work. You have to make yourself uncomfortable so that I feel comfortable. That's how this work happens. The, and so they always think this exaggerated, because even if they get fired, the major- we're going to stay in tech. We're not going to say somebody who's in a coal mining job, because I don't know what to say about that shit. But if you have, I mean, you don't even have to, you don't even, most of y'all don't even have to have a fucking portfolio to get your next job.
1: Right. I mean, that's another thing. Like, it's so... I'm not going to say it's so easy
0: for white men to get a job, but it's like. It's relatively easy compared to everybody else. I mean, so so the fact that even if even if your worst idea comes true, that you lose your job, they I'm sure within a month of LinkedIn or or checking your network, you can find another damn job. Yeah, usually. you can. I cannot do that. Right. And. You know,
1: you remember Paul, um, you also met him at j s And uh, you remember that there was an incident uh, with Sarah um, where some guy on Twitter commented on her clothing. Um, and he was actually then, um, I think, yeah, he was asked to leave. And... That that was um, connected somehow to it. So Paul and Stephanie both worked. So they were also speaking speaking at the conference, and they both worked at the company of this guy who commented on Sarah's clothing. And um, Stephanie felt so uncomfortable that she uh, decided to leave the company, and Paul uh, then followed her as you know, being a friend and an ally. So that's mm-hmm. you know, like, and of course he's he's fine. He has a job. He's a great guy. He's a true um ally even though i i don't particularly like that word but in in the truest sense of ally he is he is one um
0: he actually demonstrated it wasn't about talk and then he that's what that's everybody wants to talk about it's like fuck that show me what you can do what are you doing Yeah, guys have like changed jobs for less like if they if they don't like
1: the management style if (laughs) they don't like like the pay if they don't like whatever a woman um, yes. being their superior, or whatever they they yeah. they change the job. So I I I feel like live working in a sexist environment should also be good reason to leave a job.
0: Yeah, because if not, you're perpetuating
1: it. Yeah, definitely.
0: You're, whether you say it or not, you're you're agreeing with with what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, this has been a uh, an enlightening conversation. Woo. Oh, God, we, I'm we, glad. We, yes, we've talked about a lot. I, I need to go take a rest after this one. Woo. Yeah, that, that yeah, that was
1: a full roundhouse kick of, of topics. We didn't even get to t- talk about capitalism and Marxism and no. all that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Yes, oh my God. Well, sheesh. So what would you like to say in closing?
1: Um, I mean, so I i don't I don't even know. I just try to understand that there are people out there who don't have the privilege that you have, most probably because you um, you can't really see their side and struggles of um, well, yeah, their their side of things and their struggles. So try and be empathetic.
0: It's first and foremost, that's that's all I can say. Well, you said a lot, and I want to really thank you because again, I didn't know where this conversation was going, and you expose a lot of yourself, and that takes and i and i'm, I'm humbled and honored that you felt safe enough to share your journey. Um, and I wish you well, and I hope you get to see you um at some point soon, yeah, thank you. and I, I mean, I was
1: honored and it was a pleasure to be on your podcast. Um, as I said before, I, I feel it's very insightful and I try to also, yeah, be vulnerable and honest uh, in this in this conversation so I'm, I'm really glad that that you
0: like oh it. my god this is amazing thank you so much <laughs> wonderful day yeah you too bye 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 thank you for listening to this week's episode of the hashtag call the scene podcast and I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the hashtag call the scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Call the scene community. Just visit the website at HashtagCalltheScene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.